Welcome to the Live Free Podcast. I'm your host, Michaela Quinn, and I am a mom on a mission to help you launch, grow, and scale a profitable freelance business from home. Join me each week for tangible business advice, along with inspiring interviews, all designed to help you mom strong, work smart, and live free. If you are loving this podcast, finding yourself motivated or inspired, learning something new, or just a fan of the show, do me a favor and help me spread the message. Screenshot the episode, add it to your Insta stories, and tag me at Michaela.Quinn. Every share helps me reach more and more moms, and I may just share your share and feature you in my Insta stories too, because together we can take over the world. All right, mama, it's time. Grab your coffee, water, or wine, because we are starting. Hey there, welcome back to the podcast. I am excited to bring you back another former Lifree Academy student back on the podcast for a second time. So Betsy came on and shared the beginning of her story, kind of how she got started and how she was able to quit her corporate marketing job to freelance solely from home and how she started her business, built it up and was able to eventually quit. And now she's coming back on a little while later to kind of just give us a heads up of what's been happening in the last year or so since she quit her job and has been freelancing from home solely. I've heard from quite a few people. They're like, I want to freelance. I want to do this. And something that keeps coming up is, but we need stability. Like we rely on my income. I'm worried about the longevity of this. And so I wanted to do kind of a series bringing back former students to just show you the stability that they've had, not only that, but also show you the growth that has happened. And in a lot of cases, the growth that women experience when they go all in on their own business is something that never could have happened in corporate in as short of amount of time as it happened. I just, I think that is one of the most incredible things about corporate. When I think about my former career as a classroom teacher, there's no way if I stayed teaching, ever would have maybe broke $50,000 a year, maybe 60. If I if I would have gone and got my master's and did all that, but how much am I investing to go back and get that to only make a smidge more per month? And when I quit, I think I was making maybe 37 if that's a stretch. And it's just crazy to me what I've been able to accomplish and what so many other women are. And I know it's possible for you. So if you're someone who is really relying on the stability of your income and holding on to that as to why you can't quit. I hope these episodes show you just how stable and predictable and sustainable these freelancing careers are, as well as if you're holding on to, I can't do this because maybe I make six figures or I make too much. There's no way I could replace that working for myself as a freelancer. That is absolutely False. That is absolutely not true. You can. And if you need help mapping that out, please just reach out to me. Hello at MichaelaQuinn.com. Reach out to me on Instagram at Michaela.quinn and we can chat through what your plan and path forward with freelancing might be or could be, no matter what your income goal is. So hit me up. Let's figure this out for you, especially if you are wanting more freedom, more flexibility. You want more time with your family. You want to enjoy your life and you don't want to just settle for day in and day out, same old thing, just because that's what everyone else has always done and what you think the only option is. It's not. I'm here to help. Okay. 
So without further ado, let's go check back in with Betsy and just hear how the last year or so has gone in her business. Betsy, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, Michaela. Thanks for having me again. I'm excited to be here. Yes, of course. So why don't we just start kind of at the beginning? I know you've already been on the podcast and shared your start to freelancing, but I'm so excited to kind of touch base today on what has happened in your life and business in the last almost two years. So for those that maybe didn't go all the way back to the archives and haven't heard your original story on how you you know, went from corporate to freelance marketing, give us the quick intro of who you are, what you do, and like commercial start of sure. your freelance business. Yeah, sure. So let's see. I started my freelance journey after taking the LFA in January of 2021. And I was still working my corporate job then. I was working in a marketing for the last 10 years at that point for a large entertainment event here in the Houston area. And at that point I had a, she was two maybe at that point almost. And we had moved to the suburbs and it was like, you know, just kind of ready to make a change. Uh, COVID had hit. We were all trying to feel like what is next in this world for our life. So after six months, I, in, I think in LFA, I left my corporate job. I was able to leave my corporate job and replace my salary and take that leap of faith and become freelancing full-time. And I took all of my marketing experience from my corporate job and and built a marketing consulting business that I was kind of doing a lot of everything for people at that point. And over the last two years, my business has changed immensely. I think I went from taking on just about anything and everything that came my way from social media management to copywriting, blog writing, all of that to really honing in kind of what makes me happy and working on things that felt more natural to me versus something that was causing a little bit more of a stress in my time at that time. So yeah, so things have changed. I now run mostly consulting work with my clients. So I do a lot of marketing strategy. I focus on even Facebook ads. I work, I run a lot of Facebook ads for clients. So I'm very detailed now a little bit more. I have a little bit more of a streamlined process that I do with people. And then also in the last two years, I've welcomed another child. And so my life has just changed. And it's just crazy to hear you say two years because it feels like it was just yesterday. Right. That's crazy. That's crazy. I can't believe you've been in business. It'll be three years in January. Yeah. Oh gosh, how many years has it been? January 2021. So about two and a half years. Yeah. That's incredible. I know. I know. It's crazy. So I think let's maybe start going through how did you start to realize and get to the point of starting to be at a point where you realized what you liked doing, what you wanted to doing to where you could start really honing in on, okay, these are my strengths. Yeah. You almost said it, but it was learning how to say no. Yeah. No, it was learning that it was okay to say no to things that didn't feel like they were natural for me that, you know, maybe somebody else was going to be better at doing that. It wasn't a a fit for what I needed to do or what I needed to focus on. I think, you know, one of the reasons I started this was so that I could spend more time with my family and, you know, my girls are in daycare. And so I have childcare five days a week. And working from home, my husband works from home the majority of the time too. And there were still days where I was so bogged down with work at the end of the day when they would come home that my mental capacity couldn't focus on just being a mom, you know, or doing things around the house at the end of the evening. 
And it really probably wasn't until after my second daughter was born in October, 2022, that, you know, I I took like a month of maternity leave. Like I took like a month where I wasn't doing any work and my clients were really, really great about respecting that. And they encouraged it. You know, a couple of my clients even were like, take as long as you need. I mean, that was so great. I think with my second child, I realized there were some things that I could still do here and there with a baby laying on me, you know, or all of those things, especially since my oldest was going to daycare. But it, it really like around January after the holidays and the craziness kind of settled down from then in January of this year of 2023, I kind of looked at everything and realized I don't have to do it. I don't have to do it all. Like there are ways of me taking on work and building my business and still making a valuable income to contribute to our family that don't require me having eight different clients, you know, that are all giving me more work than I can actually handle. And for a little while, I had a VA that was helping me with some things and that was immensely helpful, but it just wasn't what I needed in my business at the time. I needed to be the one hands-on with everything. And so I had to take a step back and have some serious conversations with myself Mm -hmm. to figure out what do I want to do? Like, sure, I can do all these things, but what do I really want to do? What's going to make me happy? And so I had to say, no, I had to leave a, a really comfortable retainer position. Actually, it was a part-time position for me where I learned a lot from this agency that I was working with. And I had to make the hard decision of leaving that and figuring out how to recoup that income and sticking with the clients that were solely mine and that were under the BJM creative Uh freelancing capacity. And once I did that, that was around April. It took me a while to get to the point where I realized it's business and it's nothing personal. And I'm such a people pleaser that I was like, I'm going to let everybody down, you know, and let my own head get in my way. But it really, once I did that, since April of this year, I have solely been working in my business only with clients that I want to work with doing work that I feel very confident and structured and know I can, can do everything just is falling back into place and it feels so much more natural. And I know I I feel like I keep using that word, but natural is, is the best way of describing it. Like it just feels like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And so I can go into a little bit more about what I'm doing with my clients now, but I think for me, it was getting past my own like mental of imposter syndrome. I know we talked about that a lot, you know, and like, telling people no, learning that that's okay. And well, because when you're saying yes to everything your clients ask or every opportunity that comes your way, ultimately you're saying no to something else. Right. That probably want to be saying yes to. And so you always, there's always like, when you say yes to something, you say no to something else. Absolutely. And so it's always good to look at, okay, if I say yes to this, like, how does that affect other things. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, can you tell us more about like the role you were doing with the agency? You said it was Mm part-time. Was that like an employee type role? Yeah. Yeah. I had come on with them as a contractor after I left my nine to five and we were doing some, you know, digital advertising was really the role. I was an account manager. And so, yeah, so it was a lot. It was like a 20 hour a week commitment on top of having my own clients too. And so Oh gosh, it was such a wonderful experience. And I really loved the work that I was doing. Yeah. And I think it taught me a lot. I learned a lot more about the advertising side of things. And, you know, I was working with 
people that came from, that were in a similar industry that my old job was in my nine to five. And so I knew it, I knew it was something that I could do. And I loved the people that I was working with the role eventually, I think either, you know, I think maybe I outgrew it or it just outgrew me and where I was in my life. And it's hard because I already had like a really wonderful personal connection with these people that I was working with. And to say there weren't a lot of tears shed over leaving would be lying. I mean, I still get, you know, sad thinking about I'm not working with these people every day. But at the end of the day, like, I had to do what felt right and what felt best for my family. And that was just 100% working in my own business, being my own boss, working, you know, choosing the work that I'm doing. And so yeah, so in that role, I was doing a lot of digital advertising and account management and communication, you know, just writing copy, putting together ads, a lot of technical things, but also a lot of communication things too. Yeah. I mean, and that's very high level stuff that takes like full brain power to do that stuff. That's not stuff you can do on the couch while kids are playing. No. So you were working for them like 20 hours a week. What did your other client load look like at the time? Yeah, it was a lot. So I was probably working 40 hours a week. You know, half my time was spent with the agency model as a, I was an employee, you know, but I was a part-time employee. But then the other half of my week was working with the four clients that I had and I had to spend time with them. You know, I was doing, or I am still doing marketing strategy, multiple phone calls a week, a lot of communication via email and text message and Voxer with those clients really had to stay on top of, you know, making sure their ads were running fine or their strategy was being implemented in the right way. So two, I was working about 40 hours a week and yeah. that wasn't where I had intended on being at this yeah. point. Because <laughs> you wanted, what's your ideal? My ideal right now, I work about 20 hours a week. 20 hours a week. Um, yeah. And, you know, that kind of shifts. I know I'm sure we all have different weeks and whatnot, but it shifts depending on what the season is or what we have going on. You know, I was just able to go on like a week long vacation and I only opened my computer once. And that was just to make sure that things were doing what they needed to do. But yeah. When you were doing both, were you like, did you like way exceed your income that you were at previously and are hoping to be? Yeah, I was definitely when I was, you know, still working part-time and doing freelance, I was, well exceeding where I needed to be Uh income wise. And since I've decided to kind of just work only in my own business, I have been able to decrease the amount of hours that I'm working while still keeping the income that you were where where I need to be. Mm -hmm. And that, that, that is, that does include me taking on one more client. Yeah. But it's not as technical of work. It's not as intense. It's a more of a retainer, like, strategy implementation versus, I'm sorry, strategy versus implementation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So walk us through when you made that decision and kind of what happened then you let them go and then you're kind of having to build back your business. What did that look like when you came back? Did you let other clients go or did you? No, I just was able to finish out the work that I needed to finish out and then give my clients that I had on my roster more time. Mm-hmm. And that that is base I was able to really now plan out and schedule out and time block and figure out like what my days were going to look like 
based mm-hmm. on the client load that I had versus the client load and a part-time job. Yeah. So what sort of work do you do for your clients now? So I do a lot of strategy development. So we'll talk through, you know, from an organic perspective and a paid perspective. So I have my, I don't have one specific niche that I work in. I mean, I have a real estate company that I work with. I have local boutiques that also are online stores that I work with. I have some nonprofits that I work with. So my niche or the, you know, the industries that I work in are, they're fluid. Like they are all over the map, eclectic, if you will. But for all of them, I provide strategy consulting. So we talk through, you know, what their marketing goals are and what their business goals are and how we can reach those. And, you know, some of them it's from an organic perspective. So how is their organic content that they're putting out? How is that going to reach the right people? And, you know, maybe working on some different copy things. And I don't provide a lot of implementation. It's more of a consulting people. Yeah. Explain to us what the consultant container kind of looks like versus doing some of the implementation. Yeah. So, you know, I think my situation might be a a tiny bit different because I have so much experience in marketing already. So I feel like my, you know, 10 plus years of marketing experience on top of, you know, certifications that I've gotten over the last couple of years and some of the continuing education that I've tried to do, I position myself now as more of a director of marketing or marketing, you know, director of marketing, but consulting, a consultant. Um, And so those retainers, you know, they can look like you can retain my services for so many hours a month at a certain rate, or, you know, and that may include a weekly phone call or a biweekly phone call, unlimited, you know, email communication, We do like a quarterly review of your strategy and pull, you know, analytics and decide what's working and what's not. It really kind of depends on the client's needs. And I think that that's one thing that I've tried to do with my businesses, not just put all everything into one package and say, this is the package that you get. I really try to cater what are the client's needs and then I'll build a package around that. And I remember like, you know, you teach that in your course, you know, you can say, okay, hey, here is what I offer. This is what you get. Or, okay, what are your needs? How can I build this around what you need? And so I do the latter. And then with some of my clients, I do just advertising for them. So I'll just run advertising on Facebook and Google for them. All of it matches with their strategy, what they're looking to do. So I have to know their marketing background. I have to know what they're doing organically on marketing, what their email looks like so that we can make sure that the paid strategy flows with their organic as well. And that has been fun because with paid advertising, I feel like seeing that true return on their ad spend, you know, having that like those analytics to dive into, that's really exciting. And, And I learned a lot of that in my past positions as well. And so that has been really fun uh, to to be able to offer those. So yeah, I mean, it's not, I don't have like a one size fits all um, Uh package for my consulting, but there are things that I do not offer that I will not take on anymore. And I think that's a lot of like social media implementation, copywriting. I'm more big picture strategy. And that was a tough decision to make because a lot of people do need someone to do implementation and people to do social media to write copy for them. 
So how does that work for your clients? Do they have someone else on their team? Are they doing that themselves? Do you kind of come in and work with them? Yeah. So most of my clients do all of their organic, all their copywriting internally. They Mm -hmm. have somebody, you know, that either is a marketing person internally that handles that, or they're the business owner and they have, they still can take that on as something that they want to do. And I've found that a lot of times, and I don't want to say every time, because there are a lot of people who externally that do social media organic for other businesses. But a lot of times, especially with like, let's use my boutique clients as an example, you know, they're in the stores every day. They're the business owner. They're the ones that are doing the try-ons. They're the ones that are seeing new new items come in, new inventory. They're there taking pictures and videos and all of that. So it's easier sometimes for them. And it's probably going to be more beneficial for them to just handle all of that themselves. Whereas I will kind of help guide a paid strategy on, okay, what are you focusing on organically? What season is coming? And then we'll build all of their advertising using the creative that they've collected, but Mm -hmm. me knowing what will work from an advertising perspective and being able to know who their target audience is and to, you know, utilize their budget in the best way possible. So yes, most of my clients handle all of their organic stuff internally. I do provide feedback on things Mm -hmm. if necessary, or, you know, if they're like, something's not working here or, Hey, what do you think? Does this sound right? Does you, does it sound like it flows with what we're trying to accomplish here? And so that's where the consulting comes into play. Like I am available to them during certain hours, you know, when they need it, if they need to jump on a call or something, you know, we'll schedule that out. We have monthly phone calls where we deep dive into things and to the next month's strategy. But for the most part, I am a sounding board for them Uh to run ideas by as a marketing expert with, you know, nearly 15 years of experience in this business. That's incredible. That's so cool. Wow. So when did you start getting into doing ads and doing paid advertising? Actually, so when I was still in my nine to five, one of my roles was on like the internal side of managing the advertising budget for what we were doing. And so that's really when I first got introduced to advertising. And I just found it very intriguing and very... I liked the analytics behind it. I liked like the results, being able to like see how much you were getting back from what you were putting in. And then when I left my nine to five and I was working contract for the ad agency, that's when I really, really got introduced to it and really learned. I was taking the Facebook blueprint courses. I was taking some Google certification courses. So I was really doing a lot of continuing education to actually learn the platforms and then doing a lot of self-taught Facebook ads and Google ads research and kind of figuring out what worked and what didn't work. So really, when I started my business, I was fresh into the game on advertising and was learning on the job from experts who'd been doing it for years and years and years and years and were the best in their field too. So I was being mentored essentially on how to do things for a certain industry. And then when I found clients on my own that were looking to have advertising. It was like learning it all over again because it was for retail, you know, and it was for a different industry. So um, it was for people who were selling products or, you know, a big real estate company who's looking to get their properties in front of, you know, in real estate. I don't know if a lot of people know this, but I mean, real estate's like a special advertising category. So there's 
there's all kinds of rules and legal things around what you can and can't do there too. So it's been a lot of like research and self-taught and testing and figuring out what works and what doesn't and all of that. But I find it really interesting. And I think that, you know, advertising may not be for everybody in their business at, at some point, or it may be, it may be what you need. And we've talked about this, you know, there's, there's a need for it, for people to learn this, and it doesn't have to be as daunting as it sounds. And, you know, I, I like, I've talked with other service providers who their clients have asked them if they could help them run Facebook ads. And I've had one-off conversations with a couple of people that I've met through LFA who are like, how did you get into it? Kind of like the question you just asked, how did you get into it? How did you learn? And that's been interesting to see as I've shared more of my journey that, you know, you can teach yourself this stuff and become an expert, just like we're all doing. Yeah. So if someone was like, oh, my clients have asked, or I've been thinking about this, do you recommend you do some like one-off calls with people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Occasionally it's not a service that I offer at the moment. Yeah. I, I'm toying with the idea of, of doing yeah. some workshops and, you know, maybe some, some training sessions, but I have found that, you know, maybe it's somebody who's a freelance social media manager or a VA, right. And yeah. their client is like, I want to run some Facebook ads. Okay. Well, what does that mean? Like, what kind of ads do you want to run? You know, knowing how to answer those questions or even ask those questions, I think is what is the first step because just throwing money at the problem isn't always going to provide the solution that you're looking for. You know, there is a massive strategy behind it all and every industry, every every need is different. So would the Facebook blueprint be a good starting point? Yeah, that's how I learned a lot of just and that's free, right? That is free. You can do it's I think you know meta blueprint now. Uh, but yeah. there are free like courses that you can take and to get certified, it's you know, you have to pay to get actually certified. Everyone that I've talked to that has reached out to me, I always just send them straight to the meta blueprint. I mean, there are a lot of great courses out there that you can uh-huh. take. But if you're just looking to get it straight from the source on like what the heck? Does a Facebook ads manager even look like the meta yeah. the meta blueprint is the way to go. It's straight from the source. And that's that's what I I even refer back to it all the time too. Yeah. It's great foundational. Like before you go to some of the other courses where they're going to teach you their exact system and implementation process that they use to run ads, you really want to have a good starting foundation from, like you said, the source itself. Absolutely. I think too, I've found, you know. Facebook has made it and here we go, you know, we're talking about it here, but Facebook has made it easy too for people to sometimes think that they're running ads, right? By hitting the boost post button. And that is has a time and a place. I did not learn that way. I learned everything through Facebook ads manager, you know, and that there has to be a pixel on your website and what the heck is a pixel even, you know, and there's all these questions that come with it. So definitely Meta Blueprint answers all of those questions for you. We'll link to that in the show notes for you guys. And also we'll link to Betsy's contact information if you want to reach out to her to chat about ads, um, see if she's got anything coming for you too. Yes. I'm curious, Betsy. So with these high level, more consultancy type clients, where have you found these higher level clients? What has that looked like for your business? And then were some of these original clients that that you grew with or like when you were started growing, did you let clients go, find new clients. What did that all kind of look like? 
Yeah. So one of my clients has been with me since I started my business, since I announced it to the world, personal connection reached out. And so that's the thing, like, I remember you teaching us, like, put it out there to your personal group. You never know who's going to see what you do and and need help. So Mm -hmm. one of my clients I've had for two, two and a half years, almost three years. And it was a personal connection that I knew who worked in marketing for this business and they needed some support. They needed basically a consultant to come in with an expert in the marketing field to come in and say, okay, what are we doing? Are we doing this right? And so one was a personal connection. Another was a local business that I went into and found the business owner and talked to her and said, I love your business. I love what you're doing. If you ever need any marketing support, here's my name, here's my number, let's talk. And she did, she needed it. And I, that worked in that way. And then uh, another one of my clients came as a referral from my existing local client. So really, my clients have come either through my personal network, my professional network, or referrals. Mm -hmm. I have not, I did um, in the past, take on clients that I found through job boards or through like LinkedIn or like Facebook groups or something like that. And those roles were more implementation based and not necessarily strategy or Facebook ads or Google ads needs. And so... I don't right now do any marketing for my business because I'm not taking on client work at the moment. I'm very like happy and pleased with the amount of time that I'm working and, you know, I'm building this business and I have some other exciting things coming down the pipeline. And I'm just really trying to focus on doing the best at what I have versus trying to be the best at everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So how many clients, like what's your roster? On my roster right now, I've got four full-time clients right now and one that is a possibility. Uh So I have four retainer clients, one that will possibly turn into project work after our retainer is over and then a potential retainer on the horizon. So I like the sweet spot of like four or five retainer Uh clients. And, you know, I think we've talked about this before, but like retainers are wonderful for financial stability. I mean, knowing how much you're bringing in, how much you can expect every month from an income level is awesome. I'm also, open for- have, I was going to just say, and to not have to be constantly marketing and yes. prospecting and networking for new clients. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that was a struggle for me too, was trying to like keep up with pushing out content about my own business when I was trying to do all this work for my clients. Like I just did not have time. I, I give major props to people who constantly show up and market their business and that's what they need to do, right? That they're constantly taking on new work or project work or whatever. I can't do that. So the retainer model works really well for me. And I am also open to project work. So I have a couple of possible, like one of my project things, it's like a three month marketing strategy development, you know, so upwards of like three to six month projects, or just like even one off little projects here and there. And the, some of those have come through like a referral pipeline that I have that have worked out really well. One of them even turned into a retainer client for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm in that sweet spot right now of where I want to be yeah. uh, workload wise. Workload wise, income wise, hours wise, yep. and letting go of the agency, the part-time agency role that freed up like 20 more hours of your week it did. and probably so much more like mental capacity. Like you can't charge for the mental capacity that each client, each project 
I mean, you can, you build it in, but it's not always equitable. I totally agree. One thing that I've really tried to focus on this year is my mental health. And I've never, I mean, I think, you know, as moms and as, you know, just business owners in general, like you, you, there's so much going on all the time. And like, you just, you can't be everything to everyone at all, all times. And I really never put my self first and like, went on walks and like talked about my feelings and like invested in therapy. I know what, (laughs) and like, I'm a very emotional, like feelings girl, but like, I would internalize all of that, you know? Mm -hmm. So I've really, I've really tried to work on myself a lot this year. And and that has only led to making better decisions for my business, being more present when my children are home, you know, being a better wife, like making, like not being totally overwhelmed by housework. I know you and I have like DM'd back and forth about like, you know, all the housework that there is to do. And so, yeah, I mean, the mental capacity has definitely decreased uh, when it comes to work. And so that allows me to use the rest of my hours during the week to get things done around the house or to just sit and do nothing for an hour and be okay with that. Yeah. But it also has given you more time to like do other projects for you and for your business outside of client work. So why don't you share some of those? Yeah. Yeah. Share share what's like coming. I'm excited. I know. Well, by the time this comes out, uh, Lindsay White and I will probably launch our podcast. Yeah. Uh, We are launching a podcast come mid-September. Now, I know the announcement is not out yet. I've seen you're both announcing it later this week. Yes. What is the name? Can you tell me? I will will go out live. I will tell you actually, because we're announcing it later today. Okay. It's called the business play date. And that's what I voted for. (laughs) And it's so funny because part of our launch strategy has just been kind of like fly by the seat of our pants, which is so not either one of us, but we already had the name picked out before we put that poll up the other day. And we were so nervous that no one was going to pick it or like it. And everybody picked it and liked it. And we were like, Okay, thank God. <laughs> yeah. So it's called the business play date. We're looking at launching September 14th and we're very excited. I think That's so exciting. One of the things I don't know if we talked about this on my last episode with you, but man, like one of the things that has just come out of this journey, like starting a freelance business, taking your course, is just the community and like meeting these people. And Lindsay and I have just connected on so many levels. I mean, we come from very similar backgrounds, but we have just been a wonderful sounding board for each other throughout this whole process. And we just wanted to bring that to the forefront. And so that's what yeah. we're going to do with the business play date is it's going to be sure us two talking about different topics from community to motherhood, to business, to marketing, to all these things. We're going to bring on guest experts as well, but we just want it to be a, a place where people don't feel alone in their journey. Yeah, And that's, why we connected so, so much is because it was like, you know, I mean, there's just times like when you're working at home by yourself or you have your kids here with you, or you, you know, your husband works from home too. Like, and you used to work in an office or used to work, you used to be a teacher and have people down the hall from you. Like you don't have that anymore. And so you didn't like that when I was teaching. <laughs> See, I'm such like a good chatter. Like I'm going into my classroom. I'm shutting the door. I don't want to talk to anyone. Everybody leave me alone. No, I, that's not true. Like I talked to the English department people, but my worst fear was like, I had a phobia of having to sit in the lunchroom. They wanted us to sit small in the talk. lunchroom and eat lunch and small. I hate small talk. Like 
I went down there a couple of times and then I was like, nope, never again. Like I'm working through my lunch. They tried to make it a decree. And I was like, no, I'm pregnant. I can't handle the smells of the cafeteria. There you go. There no, you go. that's so no, funny. No, I'm no. the complete opposite. Like I could talk to a brick wall. Oh, I couldn't. So, I miss it. Um, I, it was you talking all day long. Like I needed 20 minutes of freaking silence, people. Oh, I can't A freaking silence. Yeah. And no. Yeah. No, I get it. Teachers I get do it. not get enough breaks. Do not make the teachers sit in the cafeteria. Let them lock their door, turn off the lights, and just find mental capacity to make it through the rest of the day. I have very strong feelings about this. I love that. You should <laughs> put together like you need to put it together. Like every school has like a mental break room for teachers. <gasps> I can't even. Yeah, I can't go back. Oh man. Well, no. I mean, I I get it. I totally get it. I mean, I. Where was I even when we were just talking about that? So funny. Oh, community and going from work. I get that too. From I worked with the same people, gosh, for 10 years. And I saw the same people every day and they became like a second family to me. And then, you know, I made this choice, which I would never regret and do not regret doing at all. But, you know, you don't. It's hard. It's hard. It is hard. It's a hard change. And, you know, too, you're like, kind of taking this leap of faith and jumping into something. And you have like, you're like imposter brain, like coming at you left and right. Like, can I do this? What do I think I'm doing? And so having someone to like talk through things with and like communicate like your frustrations or like, Hey, am I pricing this right? What is, you know, like, you know, just like somebody in this space that gets it. So that's what we want this podcast to be. And yeah, it wasn't even something we've been talking about it for like a year. And when I remember like we both have had a lot going on personally the last year and we've had to both kind of take step backs from our businesses and then then them them not be this like doing everything all at once. You know, we've Uh made changes and and tried to make it work with our life in the moment. And we just kind of were like, hey, this would be a fun little creative outlet. Let's start a podcast. And it has been. And I'm so excited. We're thrilled for everyone to hear it and hope everyone loves it. And, you know, no looking back now. So hopefully by the time everyone yeah. hears this, the business yeah, it's will live. be a, a wild success. Go search it, go listen, give them a review. Those help so much in yes. the early days. Yes. Very excited. And yeah, you can follow the podcast at the business play date on Instagram. And then Lindsay and I both will be sharing um, information. And if people don't know Lindsay white, uh, it's at lindsaywhite.co on Instagram too. So yeah, very cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing with us what's been going on, what's happened. It's so exciting to touch base and just hear some of the growing pains that you've worked through and overcome. And I think there's going to be people listening to this in some of that stage where they've taken on everything. They're working more than they want to work. And like the money is nice, but maybe this is a great encouragement to step back and like, can you let go of some things mm-hmm. and change some things to get to where you want? Can you get to a better balance of hours first income and, and say, say no to some of those opportunities that are preventing you from living the life in the business that you actually want to have. Absolutely. Because time is money too. And so is your mental capacity. And yeah, you got to remember that. It has been so good to talk to you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you guys. I'll link to everything in the show notes so you can check that out or the show description and we'll see you next time. Now, just because the episode is over, doesn't mean the knowledge party has to stop. Come hang out with me and thousands of other mamas in my free Facebook group. 
Just search Facebook for the Live Free Podcast Mastermind with Michaela Quinn or go to the show notes. We have it linked there. And make sure you answer the questions so our gatekeeper knows that you want in. And don't forget, sharing is caring. If you are loving this podcast, please take a moment to share it with your friends. But make sure you tag me at Michaela.Quinn on Instagram and at Michaela Quinn on Facebook. See you next week.